You're listening to The Building Code. I'm Tom Houghton. I'm Paul Worth. We'll get started with our guests in just a second, but first I want to tell you about the last opportunity to attend Builder Trinity University in 2019. Our last 2019 BTU is scheduled for December 11th and 12th in Omaha, Nebraska at Builder Trin headquarters. This two-day on-site event is a great way to get out of your business to work on your business. All meals are included while you're here, and it's a great opportunity to increase your knowledge and usage of BuilderTrend to maximize your business for 2020. You can find out more and register today at BuilderTrendU.com. On today's episode of The Building Code, we're joined by Jason Bliss, owner of Benchmark Construction based in Danville, California, near the Bay Area. Uh, we are going to talk about working with Drew Scott uh, from Brother vs. Brother on HGTV and Bay Area Trends in Construction. Welcome, Jason, to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Let's dive in and talk about, let's give us, give us a background on your company first. So tell us about, you know, how many homes you do, what type of construction you're doing, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're primarily a remodeling contractor. Uh, we have recently started transitioning into more design build projects. So we are, you know, kind of trying to transition out of just that kitchen or that bathroom and kind of coming in at the latter stages of, you know, just being a competitive bid and trying to focus more on, you know, clients that are looking to work with us from start to finish. So rather than bringing us in at the tail end and having to make a lot of adjustments, we, you know, we really try to capture that client from when they actually start thinking about doing the project so that we can bring our architect in, our designers, our engineers, and actually value engineer the project to what, A, their budget is, um, and ultimately what they want to accomplish. Uh, A lot of times what was happening in the past with us was that they would go out, build their dream project, bring us a set of plans and say, okay, do this for, you know, $150,000 when Realistically, it's probably a three to $400,000 project that the architect had designed. So we were coming up against a lot of that. And, just, you know, so working with coaches that we have, we kind of decided to start kind of getting out, the, you know, putting the cart before the horse a little bit and uh, just help to steer things. So all that to say, remodeling, design, build, that's our, that's our sweet spot. Awesome. That, that's that's actually something we just went through in our, in our most recent podcast before this one, which was um, they were talking about how, Sometimes your your prospects or your future clients come with unrealistic expectations of the cost of a job and how do you, you know, navigate those waters with a conversation? Are you just brutally honest or do you try to do a job for less, which probably isn't the best way to go? But you're saying you're, you're trying to circumvent that entire conversation and just try to get started with them in the design phase where you can set those expectations for the cost of the job. Right. And that's one of our biggest components. So we created a kind of a pre-sales appointment questionnaire and that's one of the, you know, a, a couple of questions on there is, do you have a budget? You know, if so, what is your budget? Um, are you working with a designer? You know, what are some of the key components that you're looking for in the relationship? And that really helps us kind of set up for that first initial meeting. And um, also it helps us save a lot of time that if somebody's asking to do, you know, a, a kitchen addition and, you know, they've got a budget of $75,000, you know, we know right off the bat, it's, it's probably either not a good fit or uh, they need some more handholding. And, you know, we'll reach back out and find out what that looks like for them. And sometimes we'll just agree that, hey, we're probably not the best fit for you, but, uh, you know, best luck in your endeavors. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's smart. Um, 
So let's talk about your experience with HGTV, since you're kind of a you're a hot star of the of the show there. Uh, so you guys worked with a, uh, with us on a season. Is this correct? You worked on a season of Brother versus Brother. You worked with Drew Scott, one of the brothers. Right. Team Drew. Yeah. Team Drew. As Hashtag Team Drew. As it were. Yeah. Uh, so could you give us a background into that for the listeners who maybe didn't catch that show? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were actually, we were originally, um, I was actually originally contacted by a realtor that we work with here locally. Uh, she, you know, gives us quite a few referrals and she was the one that actually that was approached by, uh, the property brothers to handle the purchase and the sell of the two properties that they would ultimately purchase and then turn around and sell. Um, and then she gave our name along with, I think, about five or six other contractors for HGTV to interview uh, for working with them. And so I got the call, um, went out to actually Berkeley and met with their production team. And, and that was a little intimidating, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, I, I don't consider myself to be overly camera friendly. Uh, so in person, I, I felt really good until they got to the point where they then kind of pulled out their iPhone and they wanted to do some kind of test filming and asking questions kind of like what you guys are doing. Um, and you know, it was a little nerve wracking, but, uh, the good thing by that point was I felt really comfortable with them. Uh, they really kind of bought into the idea of our company, which is meaning, you know, uh, my brother and I are partners in the company. Uh, and so they really liked the idea of a couple of brothers working with one of the brothers. Uh, so that, I think kind of gave us a, a leg up on it, but all that to say, you know, once we got approved with them, uh, ironically, I originally got the call from Jonathan that we were going to be team Jonathan. Um, and you know, my wife and I are actually, we're driving down the road and Jonathan's calling us and I'm kind of looking like, is this really happening? You know, and, um, talked to Jonathan, thought we were going to be working with him. I kind of started bagging a little bit on Drew for being a realtor and this kind of thing. <laughs> and then the next yeah. week, um, actually got a call back saying, Hey, um, you guys are a little better set up for kind of what some of Drew's needs are. So because you guys have such a, a strong team element, um, we're going to put you with Drew and we've got a great designer. That's got a great team and you guys are going to be team Drew. And, you know, so I, I didn't set off on the right foot necessarily with Drew, but, uh, he, you know, he handled it really well. Uh, those guys are, you know, just really great guys. Um, you know, super professional, you know, don't hold grudges, anything like that. They're just a lot of fun to work with. Um, but all that, you know, so kind of getting into that, we originally um, got to see the house uh, right before Christmas for the first time. We went out with the designers and we kind of walked in and we were a little blown away with how much work needed to be done and kind of know, you know, knowing the local market, I knew about what they were probably purchasing that property for and knowing how much they were going to have to get put into it to get a turnaround. I was really concerned, you know, um, one of the, you know, because we do work with a lot with real estate clients, I'm always conscious of trying to see where their budget's going to take them. You know, if they, especially if they're going to be flipping the house, which they were both, um, I got really concerned right off the bat. Um, but you know, when they came in, they ultimately saw this vision of what they wanted that house to look like, you know, so in our situation, it was a, um, uh, like a single story rancher, uh, in part of the suburbs and they wanted to go California modern rancher. That was the design element that they were 
seeking and uh, you know which is uh, you know it's, it's a hybrid of a lot of things and it, it's a tough look to pull off uh, especially with the home that we were dealing with that uh, was originally built like in the late 60s had the original owner living it the entire time smoked cigarettes in the home the entire you know 40 plus years in the home so there was a lot of work ahead of us wow yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work it sounds like a lot of work yeah. what season what season was this I assume okay so this was season six uh okay so uh yeah it was you know right here in san francisco bay area and that was the big thing was uh they really wanted to get after that bay area market they um you know originally i know that they had you know, obviously wanted to purchase in San Francisco. San Francisco is just not a flip market. You know, it's way too expensive. Uh, then they, they, I believe they went out to Oakland next because that's a really up and coming, you know, kind of thing. Brooklyn to New York City, that's kind of how Oakland is to San Francisco to some degree. Uh, but even Oakland was really expensive to try to get, you know, something that they could work with. So they actually ended up going a little bit further into the suburbs in order to find the price points that they were looking to get. Um, but yeah, season six, San Francisco Bay Area. <laughs> when did this air? Like when? When was your? Uh, um... So this, yeah. So this this aired. Uh, it started last May, and uh, it was six episodes. Uh, so starting in May, uh, episode one was them kind of picking the houses, ultimately walking the homes for the first time, seeing what it was that they were going to be working with, and then ultimately. Uh, we ended up doing kind of the living room challenge. And then each of the shows thereafter was kind of broken into an area where each, each part of the home was treated as a design challenge. Uh, so, you know, episode one was the uh, picking out the house and then the living room. With, and the living room challenge design, we won that one. Um, the second design challenge was actually the kitchen. Uh, and unfortunately... Uh, Jonathan won that one, but subsequently the episodes after that were like the master bedroom suite, uh, the guest areas, and then what they called annex spaces, meaning areas that they kind of built into to kind of pick up some square footage for the home, in which case we actually built an ADU uh, below the home and into the hill. Uh, so we actually ended up adding about 650 square feet to the home, uh, and we won that design challenge. So of the five design challenges we won four of those five uh but ultimately episode six was the uh who could sell their home for the most given the budget that they were given and um jonathan won by a couple of thousand dollars <laughs> you, you put air so, quotes for the i mean the listeners can't see but yeah. you put air quotes and yeah. they he won <laughs> no he well, quoted john you know it, it, I, people ask us all the time, okay, um, you know, what was that really like? You know, because I used to run into this a lot in meeting with homeowners uh, before having done the show, and they'd talk about, well, I'd, I'd really like to get my, my kitchen done for $25,000. I saw it on HGTV on another show in Texas, and uh, I would always have this comeback like, well, you know, that's Texas. You can't do the same thing here in the Bay Area. But what I found is actually it has nothing to do with the geography. It really has a lot to do with, you know, it, it's the magic of TV. And uh, what they said that they spent, <laughs> I'm not going to say that it wasn't accurate, but I'm not going to say that it was 
completely accurate. <laughs> yeah, it's not a hundred percent. Whoa, controversy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you heard it first yeah. on the building code. <laughs> TMZ. Yeah. Yeah. We're coming. Tabloids. Watch out. <laughs> yeah. Let's not get HGTV on the line. Yeah, 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 no. Um, no. But, we'll bleep that. Yeah. Out. So I think ultimately the, the split was somewhere around two or $3,000 difference. And, uh, you know, Jonathan just happened to pull out the win with the sales price. <laughs> So yeah, you, you that's won pretty the, close. You won the battles, lost the war. Yeah. That's okay. Exactly. exactly. I, I guess yeah, the, but, the one thing I wanted to know most uh, for our listeners is how, how has this affected your business post airing of the show and, and you know, whether that's incoming leads or like what you mentioned, maybe some unrealistic expectations of because you built that kitchen on the show and now you're, you know, you're asking for a lot more money than they thought. How, how's that been for you? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the funny thing, I mean, it was, it was great for us, um, locally because, you know, we certainly did our best to, you know, try and tie in a lot of marketing and different kind of PR opportunities. So, you know, we hosted a viewing party at a, you know, local restaurant, you know, right next to us, you know, we had, you know, a hundred of our, you know, realtors and clients and people come out and support us and family. And so we really kind of took advantage of the, um, the marketing aspect of it. Uh, but then we also did, you know, and, and, and realtors that maybe we didn't have a foot in with or developers that we didn't have a foot in with before. Now, all of a sudden we had some credibility, we had some weight behind us and they actually took it a step further to say, well, you know, you should only work with our contractor, you know, the, uh, our contractor who's been on TV, by the way, it is the only person we ever refer to, you know, so they were kind of like even jumping on the bandwagon with us. Uh, which was fine. You know, we were fine with that. Um, but I will say we did get a lot. We did get an influx of calls within the first couple of weeks of people wanting to flip homes and not having a lot of budget. And so we certainly had to weed through those. And it was frustrating, you know, because it's like, well, great. You know, we did all this great high end work. Uh, you know, we're all over the country now on TV and, and we're getting all these low budget projects calling us and wanting to do stuff with us. It certainly wasn't our intent. Uh, but fast forward six months, a year, almost a year and a half later now, um, not only has it boosted our portfolio, but we have so much more credibility within the marketplace. Uh, people are kind of seeing us as industry experts where, you know, I, personally, I, I didn't feel like we were, but now all of a sudden other people are looking to us uh, looking for, you know, guidance on things or how would you go about doing this? And, um, you know, so I, I guess from that standpoint, you know, even though we, you know, we did lose, you know, some money doing the project. And I, and I guess if anybody was looking to do work on TV, uh, certainly mind your change orders <laughs> and builder trends, great at managing change orders. There I wish go. I would have had builder trend when we were doing this show. Cause, uh, we certainly would have managed our change orders a lot better. Uh, but that would be my biggest thing for, for people that are thinking that they'd like to do some work like that. Um, my, be mindful of the change orders. Those are certainly the ones that will come back and bite you in the butt. And uh, while we, we did lose a pretty good chunk of money, I would consider it the best TV commercial that we could have never purchased. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's a marketing expense, right? Absolutely. I was going to ask yeah. kind of like now yeah. that you know on the backside the return, was it worth the investment of your time and all the effort? Because I'm assuming too there was logistical stuff during the shoot that was probably not standard of how you would typically do a remodel. Uh, maybe you could share your thoughts yeah. on that. Yeah, it, it certainly, 
it challenged us because uh, prior to the show, we actually self-performed a lot of our own work. And based on the schedule that the TV show had given us, uh, basically they were asking us to do what should have been at least a seven or eight month project to get done in about three and a half months. Uh, So we very quickly, yeah, we very quickly realized we were going to have to sub out quite a bit of that work. And unfortunately, we were subbing out things that we typically didn't in the past. And so that certainly hurt us when it came to managing costs, um, managing the schedule, because, you know, we were we were going into the show thinking, okay, we could self-inform almost all of this and we could manage our schedule and we could manage our costs and we'd be fine. Uh, but very, we we very quickly found that uh, not only could we not manage the sub schedules, uh, but because the magic of TV and I'm using air quotes, um, they when they filmed on this particular show, and I think it's a little bit different than other shows, but they really value the quality of the production. And so every time they would film um, any jackhammering, framing, anything that had ambient noise going on in the background all production had to be stopped while they were filming i mean to the degree that there was a uh, a train that would uh, come nearby about three or four times a day and every time that train passed through they stopped filming i mean it was that degree so imagine managing somebody else's you know production schedule and then add into it somebody managing yours and limiting every bit of management that you thought you had (laughs) yeah this is the joys of filmmaking right here Mm -hmm. you know that's right that's right yeah good stuff well i will say i mean it was it it was fun and and i and i guess the the biggest thing while i i I will say that the investment while it seemed you know for those first six months that it wasn't going to pay off absolutely has paid off i know that we'll make that money back over time simply because of what we have gained in the in the production of it, but I will say also my my sales ability, my 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 in person meetings with clients. I mean, you you want to talk? I mean, for filming constantly for three and a half to four months. I mean, having to repeat and correct and do all of these things right. Um, I would consider my sales pitch. I got that down pretty good now. You know, I I, I kind of think you know say. If I was able to do it in front of millions of people on TV, I, I can handle a living room. I can handle a kitchen. I can handle a in-person meeting, you know, with just a couple people. And that's not me being arrogant. I just know that my my speaking skills have gotten significantly better, having gone through you know three to four months worth of of, of filming. That's interesting. That's a, that's quite the takeaway there that we don't really think about. Yeah, personal Present- development yeah. from it. Presentation skills yeah. in the kitchen. Those are things we talk about a lot, but yeah. we never dive into like actually getting better at that. Maybe like a Toastmasters or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Speech Ab- class. Yeah. That could be good for somebody. Personal development. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Student in front of your wife. Absolutely. Some kids I would highly that. recommend it. <laughs> there you go. That's a good takeaway. That's good. Let's transition really quick just to talk about maybe one or two Bay Area trends that you're seeing. Because um, I know you said that you specialize in Bay Area style. Um, is kind of what you've said. So what, give us some trends or try to encompass what that style means for our listeners. Because of our location within the Bay area, uh, a lot of people kind of view like San Francisco, Oakland, Berkeley, these, these highly contemporary areas. Uh, the, the, the interesting thing is kind of through the tunnel over where we're at, uh, I would consider more transitional, but 
you know, everybody's take on transitional is different. And so I guess what I've come to find in a Bay Area style is that people want to be able to blend different styles seamlessly. Uh, so you might have the kind of the light and the bright of a contemporary, but they also want very cozy. They want some traditional uh, aspects built into their project. So, you know, everybody's wanting these, you know, uh, white, bright cabinets and light colored countertops. But at the same time, you don't want to create a um, an operating room out of your kitchen. So we've got to find ways to warm it up. We've got to, you know, bring in some warm tones. We've got to bring in, uh, you know, some of the, you know, even the gold medals or the bronze medals or, you know, something that will kind of warm and, and make it a little bit more cozy because I think sometimes as much as I like contemporary and modern, it can, it can seem very sterile. And, you know, I kind of out where we're at a little bit more in the suburbs, people are looking for something cozy. So I would say Bay area styles kind of, you know, light, bright and cozy. It's got, it's got to have a mixture of those elements that makes a person want to come home because a lot of these people who are spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, you know, they're, they're making good money and, but they're in, you know, in offices or cubes all day, they want to come home and they want to have something comfortable. They want to have something to kind of resort home to. And so I would even say that in that Bay Area style, we're even incorporating outdoor more into the home. You know, people are wanting that that integration between home in home living and having their outdoor living. A lot of people have great backyards and we're starting to incorporate that outdoor living more into our projects. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'd love to throw some photos of some of your recent projects up on the show notes, and we'll also put links into uh, the Brother versus Brother yeah. episodes on the show notes, so our listeners can take a look there to find the specific episodes okay. and watch the uh, the drama unfold. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. So, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your experience uh, with HGTV and also just the trends. We love hearing about that. Thanks for your time and sharing your industry knowledge. We of course wish you continued success in your business and thanks for using builder trend. Yeah. All right guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate the software. Thanks Jason. Yeah. Come on up and see us in Omaha sometime. Just bring a parka. Uh, maybe in, <laughs> maybe in the summertime. There you <laughs> go. That sounds good. Yeah. Smart move. Okay. Appreciate you. Thanks. Yeah. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.